Hey y'all, it's Tarkeisha. Welcome to the Think Yourself Crazy Podcast, a podcast about all things overthinking. Here, we'll share information about overthinking, we'll share tips to stop overthinking, we will even discuss tips that will help you tame your thoughts. But most of all, I'm excited about getting you involved. Yep, you get to be a part of the podcast with me by sharing your overthinking stories and questions. It's quite simple. All you have to do is click the link to the jot form in the show description, and it's a few one-two steps to get your story and our question submitted. Often, you will hear me remind you that you too are worth best case scenario. So, without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, hey there. Happy Tuesday, y'all. How are things going? I am hoping that you are well. I'm hoping that things are going well, that your week is off to a great start. Um, We are in the month of July, so if I did not say it the last episode, happy second half of the year, third quarter, and I hope like me you guys are planning to finish this year strong i think there's still so much that we can do in the second half of the year and so i hope that you are planning and working accordingly i have some irons in the fire i think is what they say and let me tell you (laughs) the heat is getting hot the heat is getting hot what do they say if you can't take the heat get out the kitchen i'm about to take these irons out and get out the kitchen no, not really. I just have to find out how to manage the temperature, right? We can't just get out of everything. Sometimes we have to figure out how to manage the temperature. And that is where I am right now. I am trying to figure out how to manage the temperature of life, of business, of extracurricular, of relationships. Um, and then, of course, of personal care. I'm um, just trying to take care of myself. I'm super excited because I have a massage today. Oh, love massages. It's a part of my self-care routine. I have not been um, as consistent with that here lately, but I am jumping into that. Um, I have a trip coming up. I think you guys may know about it. I am traveling um, really soon, and I am so excited about it because I haven't been anywhere since May, Uh, and my trip in May was really good, but it just wasn't as long as I like to travel, so I'm excited about my upcoming travel. I have a birthday on the way. Yes, my 40th birthday, and I'm super excited about all the plans that I have for the month of August in regard to my birthday and celebrating 40. Um, I have maybe not shared, but I'm, I was trying to reflect back on each decade. And of course, childhood, we were just excited to be growing up. So age did not really pose a threat or intimidate me so as I was like making 10 11 12 even 20 I was not like super threatened by it because for me I'm like okay I'm getting up I'm getting older I'm I'm you know I want to get older I'm ready to be an adult so I thought 
I'm ready to do all these things. And then, you know, you start getting to those 20s and 30s and life just starts having its way with you. So I remember turning 21 and I wasn't, I guess, so concerned because I, I think the only thing that I could really do with making 21 that I was not doing already was drinking. And I probably had had a drink here and there because I was dating a guy who was 27, 28 at the time. So I'm pretty sure I was drinking and my friends, I had older friends. Um, and then I also didn't get to go to the casino. And so that was the thing that I got to do, you know, that I was looking forward to at 21. So trying my luck at the casino, which did not fare well. And I ended that little desire real quick because I do not like losing my money and then drinking. And so, like I said, so turning 21 wasn't really very intimidating, but then I was approaching age. I remember 25 was not very intimidating. I know that that is another kind of milestone that we look at. It wasn't very intimidating. I finished grad school. I was working, living on my own. At the time, I was living in Lafayette. I remember living in Lafayette when I was um, turning to age 25. So that was cool. But 30, y'all, <laughs> making 30 was a thing for me. I was not so sure about 30. I was really intimidated. I was really nervous because for me, I was not as accomplished in every area of my life that um, I thought that I should be. So growing up, I remember telling my mom, I probably was about 11. I said, at 21, I'm going to be married. And here I was facing 30 and I was not married and did not have like a real... I didn't have at all a, a potential person to be married. I started dating a guy after I made 30, but I had had a bad breakup. And so I just wasn't super excited about 30. I was thinking about all the things that had not happened in my life. Now, career-wise and academically, I'd excelled. And I've shared with you guys, I've been pretty good with excelling academically and excelling career-wise but relationships just you know has been the area that challenged me the most or where I didn't grow at the rate I thought I should grow so anyway I, I had a really hard time because I felt like I'm still not married I still don't have any living children I don't have my a family of my own and the people around me were having that so I think I've shared before my friends, my really close friends, the ones that I travel with all the time, that I hang with all the time, the ones that I call my lifelong friends. So the girls that I, you know, went to college with, they don't have children and they aren't married. Some of them have children, but, you know, for the most part, we're all single without children. And so it wasn't so bad, you know, but I'm surrounded by people. Both of my sisters have children, you know, both of my sisters are in relationships and, you know, historically have been in relationships. Um, cousins have children and are in relationships. And so they were thriving in those areas. And I always kind of felt like the eyeball out. I was the, the third, fourth, third, fifth 
seventh wheel on plenty of events and so i just struggled with that at 30 and so i was not super excited so i kind of went into 30 begrudgingly i probably took my annual trip at the time i was going to miami every summer and then um you know i just kind of was like okay 35 i was pretty excited about i looked forward to 35 that's when i released my book little girl arise if you have not read it I urge you to check it out. Do me a birthday favor and go to my website or email me and get you a copy of Little Girl Arise the Bundle. So I released that for my 35th birthday. I still was not married, still didn't have children, was in a relationship that wasn't very promising. Um, it was really running its course. And I mean, but I was, I was happy because I felt like I was finally kind of starting to discover more of what my purpose was by that age. Um, and, and really operating in my purpose, of course, still excelling academically. Well, wasn't in school, but excelling professionally in business career wise was doing really well. But y'all, I have a whole new outlook on outlook on 40 and you'll probably hear me talk about it a little bit because 40 is meaningful for me it is just i don't know let me see what the number 40 means let me see because i'm excited about 40 and i haven't looked at haven't looked it up let me see it just real quick i'm sorry so my friend Donna, who owns Grace, Gracefully Purpose Counseling Services, you know, she's been on here. She was on the G40 budget. She always looks up the number of, like what a number means. She's a numbers person. And so what does the number 40 symbolize? The Hebrew people lived in the lands outside of the promised land for 40 years. This period year, this period of years represents the time it takes for a new generation to arise. Several early Hebrew leaders and kings are said to have ruled for 40 years. That is a generation. What does 40 mean spiritually? The significance of these 40 days and 40 nights speaks to us about our own times of temptation when we are weak and vulnerable. Through the words of Satan, the tempter, and Jesus, the Son of God, we learn how to stand up to temptations. The symbolism of 40 is the in the Bible generally symbolizes a period of testing, trial, and then finally triumph. Come on, this is the one I needed to get to. Through hardships, lasting 40 days or 40 years we endure be, we endure to become more spiritually aware of our need for god come on that's the one right there y'all ever get to something be looking for something and then you're like oh, i don't like that and then you get to the one you're like boom that's it that's it and that's where you start reading yes 40 come on 40 40 is a period of testing trial and then finally triumph so 40 is going to be my age of triumph and i'm telling you god has just been speaking to me about 40 and the things that are to come with 40 and i'm not going to get off into this tangent tangent of this because i do have something for us to talk about on the podcast but I have chosen a color to represent for 40, y'all. And let me just tell you, 
I just think it goes right with that triumph. I had to to save that triumph thing. I'm saving that in my phone. Um, but let me tell you. So my selected color for 40 is green. Okay, so I don't, it just came to me that green is, people have been telling me that I looked really good in green, and I have been like more attracted to green. Purple is my favorite color, it's royalty, it's, it's just set apart, um, it's rich to me, that royal purple is very rich and set apart, um, but green was just something I was attracted to, and I know that green means growth, right, and green means wealth, and I'm like, all of that is going to happen for me in 40 but green also means fertility, and so that, that brings life, growth, you know, and, and life when we see things grow. Our trees are green, our grass is green. But green also symbolizes harmony and safety and health. The, effect, the effects of green are it revitalizes, it balances, it relaxes, it encourages. Um, and the positive aspects of green is generosity hope, prosperity, and luck. And so those are definitely things, baby, that prosperity, safety, hope, balance, luck, oh, all of that is mine in 40. And so I think there are going to be some amazing things, some amazing triumphs that happens after this 40th year. So Y'all, your girl is celebrating all August long. My actual birthday is the is August 22nd. I close out Leo season. Um, and I am celebrating from the 1st to the 31st, all August long, okay? Yes, so big things there. I'll share with you as I, as I kind of go. I'm excited about my 40th birthday photo shoot. That's going to be nice. I'm excited about the, the, some of the plans I have to celebrate. As well as um, my trip, of course. Super excited about that. But let's jump into today's information. Um, and I'm not going to say the title because it may change by the end of this podcast, by the end of my time here with you together. And I'm going to do my best not to be before you guys too long because I still have to maybe cook tonight. Something I need to do more of in 40 because I have fallen off. And, okay, last thing, I'll say this. Y'all have a client who always asks me if I watch movies. He'll ask me, have you seen this movie? And I'm like, uh, no bits and pieces never watch the whole thing you know whatever the case may be you know according to the movie so uh poetic justice is one of the movies i've never just watched in full you know don't talk about me don't take my black card and all that but he always calls me poetic justice and so i was recently telling him another movie that i have not watched in full and i was kind of ashamed to say was waiting to exhale but i've never watched waiting to exhale in full so last night i started it and then i fell asleep and so i want to finish it tonight but i need to finish podcasting i want to read some i'm reading this book about my calling and you know god developing that in my life i'll share that with you guys once i'm done with that um, so I want to read that and I need to figure out if I'm going to eat and my sister asked me if I want to walk tonight. So that's a whole lot and it's already six o'clock. So, um, yeah, but anywho, so I'm going to jump right on in and start giving you guys this information. 
So last episode, we spoke about challenging our language. So watching what we said. I know we've had a previous episode. I think it was called Watch What You Say. But challenging our language, changing. It's, it's easy for me to say watch what you say. But I think I have to empower us and help teach us. With I'm going to change this language, what do I need to change it to? What should I, should I say? And so that's what we did last time. And we talked about being mindful of what you say to yourself because it affects the way we think. So I believe what you receive from others have just as much and sometimes more of an impact. So this week we're going to talk about being mindful of what we receive, what we what we allow to enter into our hearing, enter into our minds, enter into our hearts that come from other people. So this is something that I had to come to terms with. And I think the older I get, the more I realize it is that everyone won't believe in you. Everyone won't speak positively about you. We dwell on that. No, I'm sorry. We won't dwell on that. That's their problem. We tend to dwell on it. Let me, let me go back and correct it. We tend to dwell on it, but we will no longer dwell on that. That's their person problem if a person has something negative to say if they don't agree with us they don't like what we do if they can't understand you know the way we the reason we move the way we move that's their problem we're not gonna get you know brought up and caught up into that right and they just got to figure out how to deal with that what we will focus on is how we allow the naysayers and negative nancies to affect the way we think about ourselves too often we allow people, places, things, situations to dictate the way we feel. And it is not a positive way of, of operating. Just because someone says they don't like this about you does not mean that you have to change it if you don't see anything wrong with it. Now, sometimes people give us constructive feedback that really will help us grow. But if it's just because it is their preference or lack thereof, we should not be so consumed in changing things because other people don't like it. So I've seen several posts on social media that refers to how certain people or situations cause a person to overthink, right? You ever saw those posts that says, you know, um, an overthinker needs a reaffirming partner or you know yet yeah, over explain to me because i overthink well sometimes those things can encourage overthinking so if our partner um always obliges us by going this extra hour, which is nice but if they always do that sometimes it encourages overthinking we like to think it reduces it but sometimes it can cause our mind to do the exact opposite and we continue the overthinking behavior because we're looking for the affirmation and validation from another person as opposed to being able to come to some type of terms within ourselves so i'm actually a witness to it i've been involved with people and in situations which perpetuated my overthinking something would happen and i'd go off on a tangent of ruminating and overthinking and over processing and over analyzing and trying to make my own you know assumption without really maybe having a conversation to kind of put my mind at ease right as i reflect on that now I was really giving people, places, things, situations, power that they should not have had. 
So every time I give way to overthinking because of something a person said or something a person did, I'm giving that person power. I'm relinquishing some of my power over to that person, which ultimately doesn't help me, but gives that person more influence over my life. Long after the interaction with them, I'm still left entertaining that encounter mentally. So that person is gone on about their day, probably not worried about me, not thinking about me, having their lunch, having their dinner, you know, going out, hanging with their friends. And I'm stuck in a place of ruminating and going over and over about what they said and what they did, right? Now, if it was a positive encounter, that could be seen as a good thing, right? But the problem is, most often, this happens when it's a negative encounter. We don't sit and we don't tend to sit with the positive feedback that people give us. We don't tend to sit with the things that, you know, make us feel good and that encourage us and uplift us. We kind of let that pass. We need to flip that. Those are the things that we need to sit with. Remember, we need to sit with the things that are of good report, that are promising, that are good, that are hopeful. Those things that are discouraging and that causes us to overthink and to increase our anxiety, those are the things that need to go in one ear and out the other. But we don't tend to behave that way. We want to stick with the things that are negative and bringing us down, right? So what do we need to do in order to not allow people, places, things, situations to di dictate the way we think? We need to be more in tune with ourselves. We need to be more in tune with ourselves. We need to know who we are. So we minimize the impact that others have on us, causing us to be anxious or to overthink by being in tune with yourself, by knowing who you are, by increasing your self-awareness. And so today, my whole point is to give us some tips on how we increase our self-awareness so that we are okay with ourselves. So I'm using this book today. It's Stop Overthinking, Master Your Emotions, and Start Taking Actions. And I was reading something in this book, and it, it like just fared really well with me because it helped me understand why it's important that we are self-aware. And it says one thing, uh, well, let me go back. So they, they talked about there are a few reasons why it's important to know who you are. One reason is it makes you happier and more successful. When I know who I am without the, the influence of others, without the validation of others, when Tarkisha knows who Tarkisha is because of what I've seen, what I've witnessed, what I've grown to be in myself, I'm happier and I'm more successful. Why? Because one, I am looking to appease me. I'm not looking for the validation of others. I'm not looking for the praise or the recognition of others. I am looking to make sure that I am happy. I'm looking to make sure that I've accomplished the things that I set out to accomplish for myself and not so much what others are expecting of me. It is in those times that I look to accomplish the things that others are expecting of me that I then kind of fall into a place of being or are trying to figure out and map out what will they think? 
if they are they going to be pleased with this are they going to be happy with this and leads me to a spiral of overthinking so it first makes us happy happier and more successful when you're living an authentic life based on your own values and principles okay i'm going to say it again when you're living an authentic life based on your own values and principles you're much more likely to be happy and successful than when you're trying to live someone else's life or when you're trying to live the life that someone else has suggested for you. So when you are living a life based on what you want, the goals that you've established for yourself, the desires that you have for yourself, you tend to be more fulfilled. However, when we are trying to live up to someone else's standards or when we are trying to live the life that someone else, you know, kind of suggests for us, we tend to lose focus and we tend to lose the desire because it's not necessarily something that we want to do. We're going off of trying to please other people. And how often are we satisfied when we please others? Very rarely. Secondly, when you know it's important to know who you are because it gives you control over your life. It gives you control over your life. Too often we're relinquishing our control to other people to dictate what they want us to do. But when you are in control, I'm sorry, or when you are um, getting to know who you are, and it is important because it is important for you, I'm sorry, to know who you are because it gives you that control over your life. You're the only one who can change who you are. No matter how much influence others have, no, much, no matter how much they want to say, you are the only one who can actually make the change. They can make all the suggestions in the world, but we're responsible for making the change. And we get to decide which changes are necessary and which are not. Once you know who you are and you start making the changes, once you know who you are, you'll decide what changes are necessary to improve your life. Third, it is important to know who you are because it makes you stronger. Thirdly, it is important to know who you are because it makes you stronger. Knowing who you are gives you the courage to stand up for yourself to make your own decisions, even when they are unpopular or difficult. So knowing who you are, being aware of who you are, being self-aware, it helps increase your strength. It helps you recognize this is who I am. This is why I'm the way that I am. And here's what I need to do. It helps us um, be a little bit more productive in our decision making. And finally, knowing who you are helps us authentically connect with others. When we're kind of grasping that identity, we don't know who we fit with. We pick all kinds of friends. We connect with all kinds of people. You know, you'll have people who got 30 best friends because they're trying to find where they fit. And I'm not knocking people who have that, but they're trying to find where they fit. But it, when you truly know who you are, it allows you to connect with the people who are for you. I don't want to connect with everybody. That, that's tiresome. I used to try that. It's tiresome. Y'all, I absolutely love this. It says people are naturally drawn to those who are authentic 
because authenticity is something that's naturally attractive. Sit with that. People are naturally drawn to those who are authentic because authenticity is something that's naturally attractive. What does that say? You by yourself, you being who you are, you without the influence of others is attractive. That's what people like. People want to see you and get to know you for who you are. Not the facade, not the masked version of Tarkisha. They want to know the naked Tarkisha. That's what I, I bring my naked self. I tell people that all the time. People appreciate the authentic, the authentic you. I was trying to say authenticity. I, when I read that in this book, I sent it to my sister immediately because of her brand. Authenticity inspires what she say. You in your own self, you being genuinely who you are is what's inspirational. It's what attracts people to you. It's what makes people appreciate you, that you're authentic. You're who you are without trying to dress it up, without trying to alter it to appease other people. And that is something that helps you, you know, it, that is a reason that it's important because people want your authenticity. That's why it's important to know who you are because people want to be able to engage and embrace you for who you are. The book said, when you don't know who you are, people sense it right away and they'll start treating you differently. You'll have a difficult time making decisions for yourself or stand up for yourself because you don't know which decisions to make. So it's really important to be in tune with yourself. And so here are some ways that you can discover yourself here's some ways you can become more self-aware and this is what i want you to practice in your don't you worry your pretty little head techniques this week so remember i may not be naming it as that segment but we're giving tips we're consistently giving tips on how you can work to improve yourself by using those don't you worry your pretty little heads and this week we're talking about becoming more self-aware discovering yourself and one of the ways that you're going to do that is identifying your values and principles. So this week, in an attempt to begin identifying and um, your values and principles, I want you to write down a list of what's important to you in life. What's important to you in life. Not, to what impor not what's important to your mom about you. Not what's important to your partner or significant other. Not what's important to your children. What is important to you separate and alone to yourself? What's important to you? So, like, what are your personal values? Then write down a list of principles that guide the decisions you make. So, your beliefs. What are your values? What's important to you? And what are your principles? What are your beliefs? Okay? Our, our identifying our values and principles is the number one step because it's what do I believe? What's important to me? In order for me to live, in order for me to operate in business, in relationships, in friendships, in family, I need to know what's important to me so that I am not swayed either way. I'm not easily influenced by the values and the principles of others, especially in those values, principles, morals, you know, 
go against something that I believe. I can still be connected with people that we don't have the exact same beliefs. We just have to agree to disagree on those areas. But in order for me to stand on something, I need to establish my own identity by identifying what are my values and what are my beliefs. Okay? So I need you to do that for me this week. I need you to make a list of your personal values and your beliefs. Number two, identify your areas of interest. Think about the activities that you are you really enjoy doing. Is that reading? Is that writing? Is that volunteerism? Is that ministry in your church? Is that mentoring? What is that thing that you enjoy doing? Is it shopping? <laughs> you know, what is that thing that really refuels you? And that that's when I'm looking about the things that are area of a of interest, I'm also looking at the things what refuel me. Because sometimes, you know, self-help is an interest of me, but is it always refueling? Yeah, that one is. Let's see, TV is an interest for me, but it's not always refueling. It's it's more of a distraction than anything. How much time do these things require? So when you're assessing your interests, the activities that you enjoy doing, you're going to think about how much time does these require? What skills are involved with them? Do you think that these kinds of activities could become a profession for you one day? Or even a hobby? If it's something that you can monetize, that's amazing. Or if it's something that you just can enjoy spending hours of doing. Once you have a compiled list, sort it in order from the most pleasurable activities to the least pleasurable. What do you like the most to what do you like the least, okay? Because these are the things that I believe you have to go back to to help refuel you. Refuel is what I'm saying, but refuel or refill. So give you a little bit gas or give you a little bit more substance, right? And it helps your, your interest peeks into who you are you know most people know that i enjoy helping people and then i you know just naturally i enjoy helping people and then it's what i do every day so in a way my interest ties into me being a therapist my interest ties into me being in a helping profession my interest ties into me being into ministry or being involved in ministry so again you're gonna write a list where you identify your areas of interest and you're gonna think about activities you really enjoy doing. You're gonna think about how much time they require, what skills are involved in them, and do you think these kinds of activities can be a profession one day or a hobby? Then you're gonna list them from the your favorite to your least favorite, okay? Then number three, in discovering who you are. You're going to pick one activity that is most important to you. When it comes right down to it, what activity or goal do you enjoy the most? This will be your priority. So you're going to think about what is it that I mean just aside from everything. What is the most important thing to me? What, what do I prioritize the most? Is spending time with my family. It's rebranding my business. It is learning more about this craft. What is that thing that is of, utmost, of the utmost important to you? And this then becomes your priority. 
And then you're going to make sure this goal fits into your values and principles. And honestly, once you write it, you should already be able to, once you identify what's the number one activity that's most important to you, it should already be up there somewhere in your values, in your interests, in your principles or your beliefs. It should already kind of be connected because it's already in you. You're going to make sure that this fits into your goals and priorities for the week. So if you have trouble deciding on a priority, ask yourself these questions, okay? It's three questions. If you have a problem coming up with your priority, you're going to ask yourself these questions. And y'all, again, I am you, we're coming from um, the stop overthinking, master your emotions, and start, action, and start taking action book. I'm not making this stuff up on my own this week, okay? I'm using this from a resource. So if you have difficulty um, deciding on a priority, ask yourself these questions. What would I do if time was not an issue, money was not an issue, and I was guaranteed to succeed? What activity would I choose if I had one day left to live? And what do I spend most of my time doing when left to myself? Okay, I'm going to read those to you guys again. So if you're having trouble deciding on your priority list, we're going to ask yourself these three questions. What would I do if time was not an issue, money was not an issue, and I was guaranteed to succeed? What activity would I choose if I had one day left to live? And what do I spend most of my time doing when left to myself? So when you're creating, when you're creating your, um, picking your activity and your priority list of this is what I need to do. This is what I want to incorporate. Those are the, if you have difficulty, those are the three questions that you're going to ask yourself. And remember, you're tying this priority activity into your, um, list of values and principles, Okay. And so then the fourth question that you'll ask yourself in getting to know or discovering yourself is think of the advantages and disadvantages. Okay? You're thinking of the advantages and disadvantages. Think about what you have to gain from achieving this priority. What would success look like? On the other hand, what are the disadvantages? of choosing this goal. So you're looking at the pros and the cons. What, like, how is this gonna benefit me? How will it may, not, how may it not be so beneficial? Okay? And then the fifth thing is you're gonna write a action, you're gonna write a list of action steps once you have identified your priority. A list of small steps that will help you reach the goal. Remember, all of this is discovering you. All of this is related to discovering you. All of this is related to discovering you. And so you're going to, at the end of the day, we're going to write. Now, we're going to write the list of a small steps to help you get to the goal. Now, Tarkeisha, why? Why is any of this necessary? What does this have to do with, you know, monitoring what I let in? What, what other people think and say about me? If you are more focused on what you think about you, you have less time to think about what others think about you. You have less time to overthink 
on the things that people pour into you. You have less time to, to dwell on the negativity that other people, you know, may push your way. If you are so grounded in developing you and, and working on you and working on discovering you, you have less time to spend being concerned about the thoughts and the opinions of other people. We give too much power to people when we allow them to lay their desires or their, their opinions on us and expect us to respond. We can't be, we, we can't be, be so compelled to give people what they want and leave us unsatisfied. Because that's what happens. You know, I think about people who go after a degree because their parents say this is the best degree for them, and then they hate the job. You hear it a lot in nursing fields. You hear it a lot in engineers. I, I hear it a lot. You know, even people in the medical field, they go after these degrees because somebody in their family highly recommended, and then they're unsatisfied. But if you know you, you can make these decisions for yourself. And then you become so self-aware that the opinions of others don't matter. You then become so self-aware that the opinions of others don't matter. You take into consideration what matters to you. And so then you are less likely to overthink. You're less likely to give so much time and energy to their opinions, to what they have to say. So that's the focus this week. The focus this week is to silence the outside noise, the negative opinions, the things that cause you to ruminate, to be anxious in your thinking, to overthink that it's triggered or caused by other people, and to become more aware of you, of your authentic self. This week, we're focusing on discovering who I am in this season of life. So even with me, you know, going to another age, that, that season of life changes. And so this week, I am focusing on who I am now. When I made 35, I was in a different area of life, right? So this is an assessment that we need to make periodically. Should, this is not the last time you'll do this, right? And so I want to make sure that you are taking out time to, to make, make a conscious assessment of who I am today. Who am I in this season of life? Because if not, we will accidentally fall into a, a ditch of, of becoming who other people say we should be. Okay? And that's not what we want. It's, it's not healthy for us. It's, it's not beneficial for us. Remember, we want to be our authentic self because that's what attracts people. Okay, so not only are we watching what we say, we're watching what we receive and we're becoming better at that by becoming more self-aware. I don't need the validation of others if I can validate myself. Is validation from others a good thing? Yes, and sometimes, but we shouldn't live for it. We shouldn't depend on it. We need to be able to self-validate, be able to acknowledge when I'm doing well or when, I need, when there's a need for more growth. Okay. So can we join ourselves together and work towards that this week? Can we work towards improving our own self-awareness so that we can silence the critics, silence the negative Nancy, silence the naysayers, and strengthen our own voice? 
about ourselves. So that when our thinking goes negatively to what somebody else say, we can redirect it and reframe it. That's the whole goal. We want to be able to silence the negativity that might come, one, from ourselves, which we talked about last episode, but then also that comes from the voice of others. And strengthen our own positive voices, those strong reaffirming voices, validating voices that we have in ourselves. Affirming voices. Sometimes we got to just, like I did a... um workshop with with donna a couple of weekends ago where we have to go back to the basics and sometimes the basics is just re re-engaging with who i am relearning me rediscovering me okay so that's what i want you guys to do um this week and then we'll be back together in a couple of weeks y'all august at the end of august is when we're gonna take our season break and i'll tell you kind of uh next month why i'm doing it in august at the end of august so it'll We'll do the, the two episodes in August, but in September we'll be on break and I'll come back sometime in October. So you'll have a couple of more episodes with me and then we'll have our little season two ending and then we'll come with some new things in um, season three. But I want to make sure that you are aware that we have just a couple more episodes and then we'll be taking a break. Um, I don't even think I have anything else to close us up with, but I'll say this. It's so important to know who you are. It is so, remember this. I'm going to flip back and read it exactly how the book said it. People are naturally drawn to those who are authentic, who are authentic because authenticity is something that's naturally attractive. We can be who we are. I'm, I'm, I'm happy being Tarkeisha with my flaws, with my kinks, with the things that are not so amazing, working on those things. But I don't want to be Ebony. I don't want to be Kelly. Those are my sisters. I don't want to be my friends. I don't want to be even my role models or my mentors. I don't want to be them. I want to be Tarkeisha. Maybe they can help me grow into the most authentic me. But I don't want to pattern myself exactly after them. Maybe they have some great qualities that I should consider, but I should not want to be a clone of them. I want to be me and my authentic self because that is what attracts other people. That's what draws people in. That's what people like me because I'm just me. People will tell you, Keisha is Keisha. You know, and I think that it is, it's a positive thing to be yourself. Right? So this week, get to know you. Become more self-aware. And watch how best case scenario follows you or finds you. Because you are yourself. Because you're not trying to live to the standards of others. But because you are genuinely, authentically you. Yes, you. In your flawed, messed up, made mistakes, made bad decisions, selves are still worth best case scenario. And I want you to forever and always remember that. So until the next time that we gather, y'all be real, real good. Don't forget, if you want to bless me for my birthday, go on over and get your Little Girl Arise book. If you already have one, purchase one for somebody else or tell them to go onto the website or message me, email me to get one. And yeah, we will talk soon. Love y'all. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Think Yourself Crazy podcast. 
Listen, I need you to share, rate, and review. That's right, share, rate, and review. Before I let you go, allow me to leave you with this. If you're going to overthink, think intentionally. And as Philippians 4, 8 through 9 suggests, summing it up all, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Remember this, you too are worth best case scenario. Chat soon.